Kia ora. If you're a woman in midlife, this podcast is for you. Get ready to embark on a transformative journey where we tackle self-doubt, people-pleasing, imposter syndrome and overwhelm. Celebrate this second stage of life and claim your authentic confidence and courage. Midlife is not a time to settle. It's a time to unleash your purpose into the world. Make an impact done your way without compromising your own well-being. I'm Megan Care, mindset coach, former psychosynthesis counsellor and craniosacral therapist. Are you ready? Let's begin. Hey, welcome to the podcast. This week we are doing an MVP, so most valuable podcast while we're on our summer break in New Zealand and the fabulous practitioner that I've brought back for this MVP episode is Nicola Douglas. Nicola is a women's health acupuncturist and traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and she specializes in helping women at all stages of life and she has a special passion for helping women on their perimenopause and menopause journey. Nicola focuses on natural remedies, including acupuncture, that help to minimize symptoms, to raise your level of health and vitality through this perimenopausal journey. And her approach is really well educated. She has such a deep level of experience of working with women and she's a really down-to-earth, approachable person. You will hear at the start of the um, podcast chat, we, uh, we we actually spent quite a bit of time chatting before I started in with her on the more specific questions. So she doesn't actually introduce us herself until about nine minutes into the chat because I was just kind of asking her the questions that I wanted to know that I wanted answered and she's so obliging and has this incredibly practical, wise and well-resourced approach. I think you will find this episode really, really helpful if you're, if you're just starting on your perimenopause journey, if you're noticing some of those physical symptoms arising, then this is the episode for you or I'm going to say it, if you're in your early 40s and you're not noticing any perimenopausal symptoms yet, then I think this episode is a really, really good, helpful preparation. It's kind of what our mums maybe didn't tell us, but would have been really helpful to hear before we went into perimenopause. Enjoy the episode. Thanks for joining me again this week. And I want to just let you know real quick before we jump into the episode that we're enrolling for the next round of the Midlife Upgrade course. The Midlife Upgrade course is my answer to the challenges and symptoms that we experience as women in midlife. This is a psychological roadmap for women in midlife. It is a group coaching course There are video modules and learnings online all ready to go for you. And then we have our weekly group live coaching calls, which are just the golden nuggets of the course. If you want to take charge of your life, if you want to turn this season of your life into the upgrade that it is meant to be, 
take a look at all the details on my website, megancare.co.nz forward slash course. And now on with the show. Hey, before we start, what do you reckon is the like the top three like main challenges women go through in perimenopause? Like just off the top of your head. Um tiredness. Yeah. Um sense a like a loss of self. Yeah. And um probably other things like just insomnia and just that whole yeah. like change in like the body. Yeah. It's, and that actually took me back when you said tiredness and then the the change in body of when it because like because I went through menopause so early how it kind of snuck up on me and you think you're just tired and you think like oh why am I still why am I putting on weight in the in a different way to how I used to and then it's like oh shit it took ages for me to figure it out or for um, someone to tell me. Well, that's right. So I was thinking about that this morning and that like it does sneak up on you until then you realise you are really in the mud. You didn't realise that it was this. Exactly. And then you've got that work to do, that quite intensive work to do to pull yourself out of it. Yeah. Because you've dropped. Well, not dropped, but because those symptoms have become quite intense. Yeah, now they're so yeah. big, you're so tired, you're so lethargic yeah, and you're so off the track that, um, you know, it, you're beyond helping yourself. That's right. And that's when you need that intervention, right? That yeah. is, yeah, that's such an important piece, eh? Because it, do, it does get to a stage where it's beyond you being able to Google things, look up things, talk to friends and help yourself. It's like you actually need an expert to help you intervene and create some change starting to happen. Yeah, you yeah. know, that structure and that um, tell me what to do instead yeah. because um, then you're not grasping at everything. Yeah. And everything because, you know, your friends say, oh, you should take this or you should try this. It's oh, amazing for me. And so, and you know, it might not work for you, and you end up with like this whole array of shit that is like blowing your mind and doing nothing. A gazillion things, right? And you're busy trying to intermittent fast and do all this cardio shit and all this stuff that is just digging you. There's nothing wrong with cardio, but at certain times of our life, it's not ideal. You're intensive cardio, you're digging yourself into this freaking hole. That's so right. I had a client the other day and she said, seriously, I have never eaten so well. I've never looked after mm. myself so well and I feel like shit. She said she'd started intermittent fasting. She'd started, um, she dropped um, dairy and started yeah. doing um, oat milk and coffee. And I was like, you need to go back doing what you were doing. She was eating five meals a month. It was five yeah. meals a day and exercising a lot more. And she was like a superwoman. And then she tried and she just like yeah. hit the bottom. She tried to do that collective wisdom, which yeah. is what we're told by our friends, which is not necessarily the right thing to do, right? When you're going through perimenopause. No, it's what suits you, what suits your body, what works for you. Take notice. Yeah, yeah. So while we're on that topic, what do you think about um, intermittent fasting? I know, well, but first of all, from a TCM, traditional Chinese medicine perspective, 
but then secondly, through perimenopausal time, what's your like take on that? Well, in TCM, it's definitely a no-no because um, we're supposed to eat earlier in the morning because we have this cycle of um, when our organs are peaking and so we can digest better earlier in the morning. We're supposed to have a poo earlier in the morning. Um, so TCM's uh, quite rigid about that, about yeah. three three meals a day. Intermittent fasting, I find, um, can be good for for some people, especially um, like overweight PCS, PCOS people, for a little bit. Mm. But generally, I say to people, I don't know how you do it. I'm so hungry, and I don't think you should um, let your body be hungry. Right. And is that a TCM-like perspective as well, like that you shouldn't let your body be hungry? Yeah, because it needs to be nourished. Mm. We need to feel nourished. Because we are always, you know, with the things we're talking about that we should do in inverted commas, <laughs> you're just ripping yourself off from the joy of life as well. Oh my God, yes. Um, I think you summed up like perimenopause for, for me and for a lot of women. And what was it that you said that your client said? It was something like, I've never eaten so well in my life and I feel like shit. I mean, isn't that like the chapter title for perimenopause? Yeah. And so that sort of brings me on to like, okay, if you're feeling so shit, why are you feeling so shit? And you'll go to the doctor and the doctor will say, uh, because you're by this time pretty tired, right? You're pretty stressed out. Um, And the doctor will say, here's some antidepressants. It happens a lot. and they haven't really checked any bloods. So I love um, sending people off to the GP to get their bloods done. Because women, like in TCM, we're made up of blood. We are yin, as women are more yin as opposed to yang. And so blood is our essential basis. I see so many people who are um, iron deficient and anemic, and it's really hard to cope when you're that tired because the um, the parameters of um, what's acceptable in, in numbers is 20 to 250, and so that's your iron stores. I mean, that's a huge range. Range. Yeah. And if you're at 21 as opposed to 100, well, that's still pretty low. I don't know any woman who functions well down in the 20s, let alone – Single digits, and I see women in the single yeah. digits a lot. Seriously, yeah, bloody and, hell, um, yeah. They're tired, you know. They've got brain fog. They can't sleep, yeah. and um, the doctor thinks they're depressed, and their bloods come back in like normal because they're in this a very low range, and they're not offered anything because yeah. they're normal. Yeah. But that, that's the problem, right, is that often the around that sort of range that it kind of comes into that binary thing. It's like, well, if you're in the range, you're normal, it's fine. If yep. you're outside of the range, we need to do something about it. But actually, there's like you said, there's a massive spectrum in there. The spectrum is too big. And women do not function well with low iron. And yeah. another thing that happens around perimenopause and with um, – after having babies and with menopause is the thyroid can get 
out of whack as well. So that's another really important thing to tick off. Is my thyroid functioning well? God damn, everything you're talking about is so familiar for me and my journey. That is so alike. I love um, treating women who come in with like perimenopausal stuff. They don't necessarily like label it that. Yeah. It's like, I know you. You're mean. <laughs> Mom, sit down. You're me. Hey, um, let's introduce you, hey. So um, welcome to the podcast, Nicola Douglas. Um, I thought I'd just jump on in because we've got so much to share. But um, can you introduce yourself, please? Um, aside from being one of my besties and one of my go-to people, what else is important about you that people need to know? Uh, so I, uh, I'm 48, so I'm in the dark depths of pairing metaphors <laughs> myself. You're <laughs> right there. I'm in there. Um, I'm an acupuncturist. Before I was an acupuncturist, I was a nurse. And so, like, I can come from, uh, you know, a TCM point of view and a more of a Western medicine point of view. And I love marrying ones together. Um, I'm the co-founder of Tahi here, where we've got, like, a great bunch of women who um, come together and have the same um, interest and passion for treating women as well. I love working with women. I've got four kids, so yeah, I'm I'm quite busy, and uh, You're quite busy. <laughs> Nick's like Nick's typically been like someone I look to who you've been like a powerhouse of energy in your life, and um, I've always admired how you navigate that piece of having your own business, very busy in your own business, and having four kids. And so then for you going through um, this perimenopausal phase, what's changed for you? Like what is, what's been coming up? Oh, shit. I had to find the stillness. Mm. I had to find the space within because like you said, I, like, I was go, go, go all the time and um, it got too much and I, it was, I can't sustain this any longer. And then actually, I don't want to sustain this any longer. And there was always this, like, you know, if I slowed down, it was boring um, and I wasn't achieving anything. And, but it became my um, number one mission was to find the void or the being able yeah. to stop and slow down and be okay with that. What was the question? Now I'm getting lost. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's beautiful. You answered the question beautifully. So, hey, in, in um, TCM and through that acupuncture lens, how is like menopause viewed? Because I've heard you say a few things in clinic over the years where I've gone, oh, that's like a sort of a different viewpoint from what I've heard through Western medicine or even other other lenses. So what is that lens of perimenopause, menopausal tyrant? So in Chinese medicine, there's no such thing as perimenopause. It doesn't exist because... Um, that's just another imbalance. Whatever's happening then is something else that needs to be balanced up. And historically, they didn't really become uh, um, as out of whack as we do because they have a big emphasis on nourishing the body right from the get-go. They have this, like, the art of nourishing life. Yeah. And um, so that's a big focus right from the get-go on um moving your body mindfully and it's not running like they're definitely not into like going for a 10k run that's like they're like what why would you do that so right, because it's depleting or yeah right 
it's too it's too much for the body. But there's got to be mindful movement. You've got to keep the body moving. Mindful of what's going in your body. What is the food that's working for you? Does it nourish you? Sleep. Are you getting enough sleep? Like we can only make hormones when we're asleep. We can only our bodies can only reset, rebalance, and rewire when we're sleeping, and we're not sleeping enough. Hey man, that's so bloody cruel though, isn't it? Because if we can only make, um, hey woman, if we can only make hormones when we sleep and when we're in perimenopause, sleep is so disrupted. So many women are like, oh yeah, I'm awake at two in the morning, four in the morning, I don't go back to sleep. So then you get caught into this vicious cycle. You're in the cycle. It's hard to get out. And in TCM, a lot of those sleep disturbances do come from, um, a blood deficiency. So that's why I'm always on about the blood. What does that mean? Like blood deficiency? I don't get that. Blood deficiency is that that nourishing, cooling aspect aspect of the body. And it's not necessarily that you're anemic. It might not show up on the blood. Often it does. Like 95% of the time it does. But there's these other women who present with blood deficiency and their bloods are normal. But they've got every symptom of it. Like they've got dry skin, it's itchy, their hair is dry, their eyes are sore and itchy. And God, yeah. blood has got to get out and nourish the skin. Nourish the whole body, nourish the skin, nourish the hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it also nourishes the heart. So at night time, a nice, like juicy, nourished heart is where the mind comes back in or the spirit can comes back in at night time and it's got this delicious place to rest and switch off and if there's not enough blood well it wanders we can't mm. sleep is that why like the um so typically perimenopause or time of menopause there's a lot of anxiety so if you yes. look at mm. yeah for sure because the heart is not nourished and we're also generating more heat um around this time <laughs> yes we are <laughs> we are and because um as we were younger, all our energy is centered down in our lower belly, right? It's all when we're young, we are all about um, nurtured, feeling nurtured, feeling safe. And so that's all down in the lower abdomen. That's the energetics of it. Um, but as we get older, it's all about reproduction. So all of our energy is down in the reproductive area. Whereas we start swapping that in perimenopause and it starts coming up to the heart so that um, women are now more heart-centered. There's like this invitation um, to bring all the energy up to the heart and we live with more um, wisdom and we live from our heart. What do we really want to do? What do we really want to say? So the opposite of that is like, we can fight it. And if we fight it, we're fighting the changes. We don't like what's going on. We stagnate more energy. It becomes more stuck and we create more heat, more hot flushes, more anxiety, more angst within ourselves. So I think we have to be more aware that um, what's going on is not a disease. It's natural. And we have to allow the body to make those changes and support the body in making those changes so that we can um, bring this energy out of the, the lower body and up into our heart and like radiate. Mm. 
Oh, wow, that's super interesting. I haven't thought about it from that perspective. But as you were talking, I was kind of like, well, if that's a, like the energetic sort of process that's happening, then it is going to stimulate um, unintegrated traumas or life experiences. Do you see that in clinic? Oh, and like this time of life is when it all comes up. Our body is like a filing cabinet for all our trauma, for all our big traumas, for all our little traumas, like the trauma even of having a an argument with someone. But, you know, when you've got little kids and you're on the go all the time and you're trying to put on a happy face, there's no time to um, process every interaction that we have with people or with ourselves, and we file it. And in Chinese medicine, it's all... Um, we believe it's filed away nicely. It can be filed in um, blood vessels, in the joints. And um, later on, I find, especially at perimenopause, it all starts. But the filing cabinet like, is now bursting open. We need to do some rejigging. And it's, again, it's an invitation. You can empty your filing cabinet and upgrade into using a computer. Or you can just store it on the cloud, baby. <laughs> store it on the cloud. Look, you can decide what you want to do with it. Some women, um, they are just, you know, it's just like, I just want my symptoms to go away. I am going to carry on with how I live because I don't want things to change. It can be a bit scary. Other women come into it full-heartedly and uh, I'm going to, I'm changing up my life. Yeah, and they can find a smooth way through it because you're you're willing to make changes. You're willing to like um, maybe look at the trauma, look at the past. How how has it affected you? Just uh, being with all of that and accepting all of that mm. is helps ease through it. It doesn't have to be really fucking hard and horrible. I promise. It's really, um, I think that's such a key piece at this, that time of perimenopause and like I'm 52, but I went into menopause very early. Um, so I'm kind of out the other side now, but it, it's definitely an invitation, right? To change things up. Yeah. To like, it's really interesting around that energetics of rising up from the lower pelvic area, from maybe the sacral and the root chakra moving up into the heart. Uh, that's interesting from a chakra perspective, right? Because it has to rise up through the solar plexus, power center. And this is where we've, we've suppressed so much of ourselves because yeah. we're so conditioned to people please. We don't, uh, and don't have clear boundaries that hasn't been accepted. There's so much of this stuff that gets to be revisited or visited maybe for the first time when you're in perimenopause in terms of, well, how do I want to live the rest of my life? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, okay, so super interesting. Um, in terms of treatment, so I, I really do like that idea of, you know, getting that support and getting that intervention early. And that's something I didn't do because I didn't actually know I was in perimenopause. Mm. I was just bloody tired, bloody frustrated. Like that was one of the first, um, when I look back now, symptoms, I was like, why do I get so angry now? I haven't felt like angry like this since I was a kid. 
you know, like feeling like I was flying off the handle. Um, but so what are what are the 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 treatments, the like how do you approach it? How do I approach it? Well, a lot of um have we got a day? Oh, we've got a day. <laughs> it's um look, the first step is like just showing up, showing up to whoever you want to show up to and say, Can you help me? And uh, I love acupuncture for all of this because it's a whole mind, body, spirit treatment, which is super important at this time. And women are like they are loving the whole, the wholeness of it, the whole aspect. Um, there's a lot of talking involved with me because you are unpacking, and the talking is, but almost sets up the treatment, like of where you want to go on the day. Yeah. Um, it is like opening up the filing cabinet and speaking with the body around um, what what's important today. Is it the yeah. is it the hot flushes that they really need to go away? Is it that you really need sleep? Let's just work on sleep, and then later on down the line, it's like what's what's coming up emotionally now, and that last little bit of the picture, you know, if it's a, a helpful tool for the um, for the physical stuff to resolve as well body work when your body work is just super important at this time no matter what it is if it's craniosacral osteo acupuncture mm-hmm. like it's important um chinese herbs are really amazing um at this time because again they're working on every aspect of the body the mind, mind body spirit you know we can nourish the blood, we can clear heat, we can calm the mind all at the same time with Chinese herbs. But you you wouldn't oh sorry, but you wouldn't go like just go and sort yourself out with that, right? Because it's very specialized. It's super specialized. And there's like I can't I know that people want to say, look, Nicola, what can I take? What do I take? Just tell me what to take. I'm sorry, I um I don't know. You need to come and talk to me for an hour and I'll find exactly what you need to take. There's no one size fits all and not even with supplementation. Um, I love magnesium. I think all women should be on magnesium. It's a super one really because it's calming, it's good for the bowels. We want to be like detoxing excess estrogen and um, magnesium can help us. We want lots of support for the liver. So there's um lots of just stuff you can do yourself as well along the lines of good food um in clinic i'm always um i'm mostly telling people to eat more i think like we restrict ourselves too much uh women need lots of protein um i see i see i see that a lot of um women through that time we need to increase our protein yeah what about the building blocks building blocks of the blood we know we need blood what about the vegetarians and vegans amongst us in terms of protein? What do we do? They can be really tricky. Um, I find most vegetarians and vegans, most of them are pretty onto it and they know all about protein and they know how to get it into them. Um, every now and then, like the, I, the probably the only time where I am saying, could you just eat a little bit of meat? They're my fertility clients, really. Oh. But yeah. by the time they're over that, you know, I they, they know they know about protein. Yeah, you can move through it. Yeah. And what about carbs? Because I know there's a bit of a sort of a trend for lower carb eating. How does that impact generally the perimenopausal woman? 
Woman need carbs. We need energy. <laughs> don't hold back, girlfriend. Don't hold back. Um, you know, I don't really, I'm not a massive fan of um, gluten. I find that cutting that out for a lot of women. I have found, and this is like not how I was trained because we were trained like this is the menopause diagnosis. It's normally a yin deficient and fire rising up. And over the years, I've found it's all coming back to digestion for women. Like, they're coming in with these um, lots of patterns of digestive issues. And once we fix that, then everything else fixes. The digestion, um, you know, that's where we take in the food and it makes energy and it makes blood. And if we can get it working well, then everything else has this great knock-on effect. Um, so, um, getting a diet that, that works for that particular person. And often I do get them to cut gluten because even if it's only for four weeks, cause it helps the gut line heal again and they feel amazing. And then I'll say, just bring it in a little bit and see what you, um, can tolerate. And often they've changed. They'll either go, I don't eat gluten anymore because I feel so good off it. Or they go just eat it every now and then in small amounts. Yeah. So good. So then good. Then again, um, some people are fine with it. They go, no, I'm fine. I'm like, okay, keep eating it. <laughs> yeah, I'm either in denial or I'm fine with it. Yes. You know, but but I do try and go, like, be really mindful of not eating it every single meal, right? Because it can just take up all of, like, what you're eating, which is not helpful at all. And certainly when I was going through perimenopause, I had a lot more, um, and you know, I didn't know so much then about what I needed to eat, but I had a lot more cravings for carbs, right? And because I wasn't, like, loading in what I needed to around the really good nourishment, and so I had to kind of switch that around, and, of course, that settled down now. But, yeah, there's, there's a lot. Because you normally we're so tired and we're just reaching for the quick and easy stuff, right? Eating yeah. well, it takes a little bit a little bit more planning. Yeah, it really does. And if you're at the end of your energy levels, it's like, well, what can I do that's going to, you know, take the less planning? You've got brain fog going on. You've got all these external pressures. You can see why this goes on for women. Yeah. Yeah. And you get um, deeper and deeper in the mud and there's, it's yeah. just, you're just um, surviving. Yeah. So what do you reckon? Um, what? Because what I don't, want to happen when we talk about this is for women to you know take what we're saying and take what they're reading and then use it as a way to like oh I'm getting it wrong I'm doing it wrong I'm wrong I've caused this to happen because I think there's so many you know environmental societal upbringing all of that factors that really play into this and that can make that time be quite challenging. What's your take on that? Uh, I'm, you're in the right place at the right time right now, you know, and what, often when I hear people's stories and again, you know, they're beating themselves up like I should have been exercising more or I, I should have been doing that and I should have been doing that. And quite often I'm like, wow, you've done an amazing job at, getting through life and getting yep. to here 
And it's a lot of that, um, like emotion, when we talk about the emotions being suppressed, that's how they have, um, that's their survival. That's, that's yep. how they've got through. They've, that's how they've managed to bring up children and feed themselves and run a, um, a home and a business. And I'm always like, wow, you went through all of that and you're like, here. Yeah. I'm always like, you've done a great job, but now let's do some work. Let's support you. Yeah. That's a really great perspective. So what do you reckon if someone like I know this is probably a too difficult a question, but I'll ask it anyway. If I was in perimenopause and I wasn't sleeping and I was getting hot flushes and oh actually when I went through perimenopause that um uh migraine headache pattern was way amplified up. I've got all of that going on. I'm I'm crabby with my partner, my libido's really low, I've got everything's firing and I come and see you. What's the kind of time frame? I know everyone's different, but what are we talking about? Oh. Weeks, months, six months, two months, three months. Always people feel immediately better. Uh, even right. if it's on that short term, because they're now doing something about it. And even like <laughs> Weeks, weeks they will feel better, mm. but it could be um, you're going to have to take these supplements for a year or you need to stick to this plan and keep altering it for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, I like to see people generally, and it's just a general thing, like I like to see people weekly for these sorts of things for four to six weeks and then we spread it out. And then it becomes, um, okay, I'm going to come and see you every few months for a top-up and to for check-in and move my energy. Look, seriously, it can take not that long to feel better. And I'm always reminding people it's like um, 100 days for a red blood cell to mature. So in 100 days, you've got a whole new set of red blood cells going through around the body. Give yourself three months, you know. Yeah. To be really yeah, beautiful, and and the thing is, like perimenopause can last a long time, right? Years and years. So yeah. if you're making those changes with someone like you, and you're shifting into that next level of functioning, then uh, that's such a good thing. Well, and you know, we talked about um, in Chinese medicine that there was no um, perimenopause. It's because they believe that you should just your periods just peter off and then you don't have them and then you're in menopause because that's how it should work. We've got a lot of underlying deficiencies that, you know, and you're coming into perimenopause early. Um, Often those people are like either poor functioning thyroid or they've had um, a really terrible um, recovery after births as well. You know, that's really taxing on the body. And I think women after... We have babies are not looking after ourselves as as well as we could. Um, we're not staying home and eating really nourishing foods. We are up um, washing the dishes, doing the laundry straight away. You know, we're not being looked after. I remember that when I had uh, my second kid and um, I was really doing a lot of Qigong then and um, the, the Qigong teacher was you know they had this thing of I don't know what it's called 
what is it, the golden month or something? Got it, ask. Yes, yeah. Yeah, like you, you don't leave the house for two weeks after you have the child. You're like four really weeks. Four weeks. Oh, well, they must have um, uh, diluted it. for. I can only remember it being two weeks. <laughs> that was enough. But it was like um, like you're really focusing on this resting as much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. So traditionally, they would have like the mum move in or the mother yeah. moves in. And your only job is basically to um, breastfeed your baby. Like you do nothing. Yeah. And we don't have that now, right? And so it's like, it's not like we're choosing to not to not look after ourselves. It's like, actually, our society's not set up to support us to do it in that way. Yeah, there is not that support. And it takes a lot of, um, it takes a longer time for a woman to recover. And sometimes, you know, 20 years later, they'll come in, they go, I haven't felt the same since my second child. Like, I know, you're tired. You never got it back. Yeah, exactly. It's so bullshit, isn't it? Because it's like we go through that. There's all that sort of, I think of it as deficiency in our environment. So then we're having to go back to being really, really active too early. And then you come into perimenopause and you find out, oh, there's actually this sort of chronic deficiency or fatigue in my system. And that's really um, amplifying these symptoms for me. That was yeah. my experience. Anyway, I reckon I went into perimenopause after I had my um, second kid. So I was 30, oh, 30, was I 38, 37? I don't know. But from then, I started to have really light symptoms and then it was all, you know, and then it started building. Yeah. I don't think I recovered. Yeah. And that catches up. But then again, like when it catches up to you, I'm always excited when people turn up. So I'm like, yeah, yes. let's go. Yeah, actually, let's not go down to that deep, dark hole because when you do notice it and you do bring in that nourishment and that support, and yes, our culture and society is not set up to really nourish us, right, in our roles. However, and so then we have to reach out to like someone like you, to a practitioner, to support us. That support is there, and in, like you said, in a matter of weeks, in a short amount of time, it can really start making a difference. It really does. It does. And there's um other things. Oh, look, also, like, I want to say big ups to talk therapy as well. You know, you might never have tried that before, but, you know, that can be super helpful. And I think when you combine things like speaking with a therapist with this yeah. body work and with the herbs, well, you're taking it to a whole new level. You're working on every level. Yeah. So then it becomes very, very holistic. Very yeah. holistic. Yeah. Oh, and beautiful. Um, we we need to practice being able to talk about what we're going through. And sometimes, you know, you might just have to pay a therapist to go and practice. <laughs> God knows I've paid a few therapists in my life. <laughs> I've kept a few therapy businesses going back in the day. Hey, um, yeah. And uh, look, honestly, it's... um. Because I struggled as a young woman. I really struggled to be in life, to live a life that I wanted. And that, that was one of the big things that really got me able to be more resilient in my life and my world. So, you know, so much credit to that. Um, how can women contact you, work with you? How do they get in touch? Well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram, just Nicola Douglas Acupuncture. And yeah. I have a website, nickdouglasacupuncture.com. And where do you work from, Nick? 
I'm working from Tahe on Devon Street in New Plymouth, but I can also work um, on Zoom. We can work, I can work with people anywhere. Yeah. So you work remotely. I work remotely. Easy done. Yeah. Yeah. But not acupuncture for that, right? Obviously not acupuncture, but everything else. (laughs) There's like so much we can do without the needles. Um, You know, Chinese herbs really are amazing around this time and I can blast them out. Yeah. And so you can actually set someone up a... um, really powerful protocol that can help them um, even yeah. without that acupuncture, yeah? And we can make a plan. And also um, I can find acupuncturists near you who I recommend as well. Oh, yeah, good call. Good call. And if someone is, say, um, seeing uh, their doctor and maybe they're looking at um, bio HRT or even HRT, can they still come and work with you? I have people come working with me who are on HRT. I have people working who have been on it for a while, but they want to come off it. And people who are thinking about it, and it's it's always a backup, you know. If you, it's always there if you want it. Um, lots of studies now. It's like not as bad as we once made it out to be. In Chinese medicine, it does have its. Um, uh, negative things it can it can stagnate chi more it can lead to more emotional disturbances but you know for some people it's like freaking amazing and they love it so um yep they work with me on it coming off it mostly and um I find that people who come and work with me don't end up needing it beautiful hey so Nick what's your favorite book at the moment give us a book recommendation Oh, okay. I've got I've got a lot of books sitting on my bedside table, but at the moment, um, I am loving the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson, and um, I think I love it so much because I'm listening to it on Audible, and it's just pertinent for my time of life. You know, when women are going through um, perimenopause and they're learning to give less fucks now. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. It's quite light, and mostly I like it because he says fuck a lot in the book. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of swearing in there. Subtle art, subtle art of not giving a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom today, Nicola. Uh, it's been such a pleasure, and I know we had so probably could have kept going for hours and hours, but um, that's been so so helpful. Thank you, Megan. Thank you for having me. I've loved it. Good chat. Hey, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Really appreciate you. Check out my course where we just go so much deeper than I can ever do on a podcast over an eight-week period. The Midlife Upgrade course is a blend of video and learning modules and weekly live calls where you will discover a roadmap for psychological freedom in midlife. Check out all the details on my website. I really, really would love to have you join the course. megancare.co.nz forward slash course.